Blog Talk Radio. show once again. This is LL Sports 2 with TJ, and I am your host, TJ. All right? This is a sports show for everyone, but we do cater to the novice female sports fans because we are always trying to help educate the ladies on the fundamentals of baseball, basketball, and football. All right? And we come to you each and every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and there are several ways for you to join this magnificent show. One, pick up your telephone and dial 347-826-7924. You can log on to blogtalkradio.com forward slash Sports 2 or you can catch us live and in living color, as they will be doing here shortly. Tina D. Jackson is the name in sports. You already know that is the game. All right, and uh, let's see, housekeeping, you know, go ahead and follow the show at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Sports 2 Make sure to um, activate your email, otherwise your name and number will not be counted. Also, you can find us in iTunes, all right? So just go to your iTunes account, type in Sports 2 with TJ, and click subscribe, all right? It is just that easy. And tonight, you know, I always give you what's on my mind, but, hey, I think it's on everybody's mind, and you know how we are. Um, LL Sports 2, we are a talk show, but we are also um, very um, tuned with what is going on in the world uh, and in our communities. Um, we do not shy away from difficult topics, subjects. Um, so, you know, the only thing, as I always ask, is that everyone – um, be respectful of other people's opinions and thoughts, but please, um, you can be as transparent, um, as, you know, um, honest and open as you would like to be because that is the type of platform that we like or we um, strive to provide, okay? So tonight we are going to kick off the show um, with uh, the verdict in the Derek Chauvin case, uh, the murderer of George Floyd. So we will start the show off with that um, and from there, we will just see where the show leads us. 
uh, we are always organic when it comes to LL Sports, too. So if we are able to get to some sports, we definitely will. But we just want to make sure that we give everyone an opportunity to um, speak and say what is on their mind, okay, dealing with this topic. So with that, we will go ahead and jump into our first break. The breaks tonight, they are in um, memoriam, all right? So two um, wonderful, um, awesome extremely talented uh, young brothers that we lost um, far too soon. And we are just losing our our greats, um, you know, uh, in their prime or definitely uh, before their time, okay? But we all know that everything is in God's timing. So we just uh, listen to the wonderful music that they have left behind. All right, so we'll go ahead and jump into our first break. And then outside of that, we will talk about it, the verdict of the Derek Chauvin trial. We'll be right back. It's LL Sports 2 with TJ. Let's get it. Pick out your clothes 
Members of the jury, I understand you have a verdict. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District, State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1, Court File Number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, Juror Four-Person, Juror Number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by Jury Four-Person, Juror Number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count three, second-degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Jury four person 019. Members of the jury, I'm now going to ask you individually if these are your true and correct verdicts. Please respond yes or no. Juror number two, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number nine, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 19, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 27, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 44, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 52, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 55, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 79, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 85, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 89, is this your, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 91, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Juror number 92, are these your true and correct verdicts? Yes. Are these your verdicts? So say you one, so say you all. Yes. yes. Members of the jury, I find that uh, the verdicts as read reflect the will of the jury and will be filed accordingly. I have to thank you on behalf of the people of the state of Minnesota for not only jury service, but heavy duty jury service. I would love for this to be the last time, but it ain't going to be. And so what do we do next? How do we deal with this next? 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. We will have the triple threat in the house. Yes, ladies, I just need y'all to press number one so I can go ahead and bring you on in. Um, but you just heard it, the verdict of Derek Chauvin. He was the police officer, former Minneapolis police officer, who knelt on the neck of George Floyd for more than nine minutes last year. And the jury found him guilty on Tuesday of all three charges um, that were um, raised against him. Um, 
and one of the most consequential trials, we would have to say, um, of the Black Lives Matter era. Uh, Chauvin, who is 45, he was convicted of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. And the jury deliberated for more than 10 hours over two days before coming to their decision. Now, the second-degree murder charge said that Chauvin assaulted Floyd with his knee, which unintentionally caused Floyd's death. The third-degree murder charge said Chauvin acted with a depraved mind, and the manslaughter charge said his culpable negligence caused Floyd's death. Um, Chauvin could face up to 40 years in prison for the second-degree murder, um, up to 25 years for the third-degree murder charge, and up to 10 years for the manslaughter charge. Um, Minnesota sentencing guidelines recommend about 12 and a half years in prison for each murder charge and about four years for the manslaughter charge. Um, the verdict does come about 11 months after, you know, bystanders. Um, and just we commend all of those um, who not only, you know, um, try to do their best to intervene or speak up on Floyd's behalf, but for that young lady who just had the 16-year-old who had the wherewithal to, you know, take out her phone. And, you know, we've seen so many so many videos that are just jumpy and um, just not in focus or for whatever reason we're not able to catch the full image of what it is that they're trying to capture. But this 16-year-old just um, filmed that entire nine minutes and what 49 um, seconds to um, perfection. Um, now, I just wanted to remind everyone how far um, I guess how far um, how far we haven't come, <laughs> because had it not been for that video, this is what was printed um, on the Minneapolis police um, scan. You know they have their own um, like um, not paper, but you know the Minneapolis police scan where they just uh, talk about arrests and so forth. And the initial reporting on the death of George Floyd, according to the Minneapolis Police website, the article was stated, uh, man dies after medical incident during police interaction. And it says, I quote, officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance where he died a short time later. So again, had it not been for that 16-year-old child capturing every single moment on video, this is the story that we would have been given. And we know how much that's a lie. Um, so with that threat here tonight, and we have Aunt Lou, and we have Janelle representing the ladies of sports. Good evening, ladies. Good evening, good evening. Good evening. Oh, how you doing? Janelle, I'm so glad you're back. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's going on, Ricky? Thank you so much for tuning in. My auntie Karen in the house. My auntie Kim, Marvin Chambers, thank you all so much. And, of course, my mommy, Denise Green, holding down the fort. On the timeline. So, ladies, um, you know, we're just going to kick it off, you know, like we did last week. Uh, like I said, if we get to the sports later on, we definitely will. But um, 
just too important not to uh, address and to, to have a conversation about. So um, the first question I just want to pose is, um, what was your reaction to the counts of uh, guilty, you know, all three counts finding them guilty? Um, Aunt Lou, we'll have you pick us up. I was shocked, but I'm happy. But I'm, you know, I'm still waiting on the sentencing, you know, because, you know, they, they, they're getting a little bit further every time. For, uh, they're getting arrested now. They're actually spending a little time in jail, but some of them are getting released, uh, you know, on bail, you know, where some of us would not have gotten a bail, you know. Uh, so, you know, now they're actually being convicted. So let's see now what the sentencing is going to be. Very true. All right. Janelle? I wasn't shocked. I, that was what I was expecting. If it had been anything else, then I would have been um, I, I would have been standing on a soapbox having a fit because there's no way with everything that's gone on. Um, and I was actually watching um, – part of the trial they were showing on television it's it's no way that they could even come up with anything else except the guilty i don't i would have i would have had a fit i i would have i would have definitely had a fit so i'm i'm glad they did come to the right conclusion but i'm like um miss lucinda it's i i'm i was shocked that they immediately revoked his bail i was glad to hear that because he shouldn't have got bail in the first place but let's see what's going to happen now. How much time are they actually going to give him? That's what's going to be the question. Oh, very true. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. And we are uh, speaking on the verdict of Derek Chauvin case. Um, you know, it's funny because Janelle, as, as um, defiant, as you sound and as confident, I think confidence is probably more the word I want to use, but as confident as you sound that, you know, they should have come back with the guilty verdict, I was not so sure because we have seen, we have been down this road before. We have had video and we have thought we had a slam dunk case and we have come back with non-guilty verdicts. Could they have come back with anything other than that? I think they could have depending on who would have been on the jury. Should they have? No, they shouldn't have. But my main thing was if we didn't get a guilty verdict this time, we never would. Never would. Because if this is not the case to prove guilt, I I don't know what else you would need. I really don't. So um, like you, Janelle, it, it would have been, you know, there's moving in the case. Had it been a, a not guilty verdict, but I, I must admit, I was not confident that, that they would come back. Um, the fact that it was only 10 hours, that made me feel good. You know, it, it gave me hope. But all we needed was one, one who may not have had good intentions on the jury, one who may have been on the jury just to, to be famous, or you know, for whatever reason, and they could have just held out. And so I and we and Minnesota. We're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I I, I I'm just being honest, I, I wasn't confident with it. But I'm so glad. So glad that um 
you know, we did get the, the right verdict. And I'm with you, ladies. It is now about the sentencing. Um, I'm a little concerned because, and I want to hear your thoughts on this as well, um, when the judge brought up Maxine Waters and what she had to say to the crowd of people that she was talking to on Monday night, and for the judge to bring it up to the defense, allowing them, because the defense did try to, to um, have a mistrial because of what was said, but for the judge to just outright say, okay, well, you know, this is probably grounds you can use for, a mis- um, for an appeal. You know, this may be something you want to think about. For him to say that, and then for him to be the one who will be um, bringing the sentence or, or you know, um, deciding what the sentence will be, are you concerned with, um, with, with that at all? Uh, Janelle, we'll have you kick that off. I am. I'm, even without that, I, I was concerned because it, it's one thing to – find him it's one thing to find him guilty but it's another thing to actually give him the time that he deserves and the mere fact that the things that he was found guilty on won't even put him in jail for life is the problem for me because he took that man's life that's the thing you you can't there's nothing that they can that they can tell me that will make up for the fact that that the things that he was found guilty of he should have been found he should have been found guilty in my eyes of first degree, first degree murder, because that it, it, when you when you intentionally are taking somebody's life, and that that was intentional. I don't care what you know what anybody says; it was intentional because they had already had him in handcuffs. You can't, and you still got your 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 knee on this man's neck, and he's telling you he can't breathe. Come on now, that that's. I, I, so yeah, I'm truly concerned about the, the amount of time they're going to give him, mm-hmm. and the fact that he instructed them that he instructed the defense to tell them that this is this is you know you can use this as grounds for an appeal later. It's like, okay, so now you helping them? Right. Is, is this what we doing now? Hmm. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. We've got the triple threat in the house. Ain't Lou, Janelle, and TJ. Um, hey, Lou, your thoughts? I totally agree with, with Janelle. I'm going to pray for for this man that, you know, that God deal with his heart because, you know, I, I just don't hope, I just hope that they're not trying to play with people's uh, hearts, you know, like, and, and just trying to keep the uh, the, the rioting and, and all that, the looting and stuff down, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I just... I don't trust any of them. I really don't. I just trust God in this situation. And so that's why I say I'm going to pray, because God can deal with his heart, you know. Uh, you know. Uh, and um, But I just I feel like that, uh, you know, it, it, a lot of things is based on, you know, what's going on, you know, in Minnesota right now. Many, I'm sorry, Minneapolis is where it is, right? Um, I just I just think that... Uh, that, that um, you know, we just don't, we just have to uh, uh, just wait it out and see what happens. But uh, I just pray that, that they do the right thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, he should have been convicted, and he was, but now we need to see the sentencing. Because, you know, right now he's in a in a, in a a uh, maximum uh, prison, but he can exercise an hour a day. Who does that? <laughs> we don't do it for black people. Shut up, Lucinda. <laughs> Well, they actually do it. They're on 23-hour lockdowns. You can't, you can't hold anybody up for 24 hours straight. So if you're in maximum security, it's, I mean, it's, that's the law. So, it's, you know, 
the fact that he's in um, um, solitary confinement, though, you know, I don't know how many how many of us would would be in that position. But I, if it was a black police officer, I have a feeling that you know they would they would be there as well. Cause what you what you don't want to do is have something happen to him before sentencing. But that's another question I'm going to pose in a minute. So. Uh, shout out to you, Reginald. I see you in the house. What's up, Rashad? Happy belated birthday to you, my brother. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to the show tonight. So I want to uh, just explain <laughs> the sentencing because I think we are all concerned about that. And I'm a little bit disappointed as well, but you can only, you know, you can only be judged on the state that you're in. And with Minnesota, um, there is no death. This was not a death penalty case. And as far as the sentences go, they are ran concurrently and not consecutively. What does that mean? I'm about to tell you. So the maximum um, time that he could get would be 40 years, and that's for the second degree unintentional murder. Again, the most that he could get for that is 40 years. The maximum for the third degree is 25 years. The maximum for the second degree manslaughter is 10 years. So for Minnesota, what that says is because it's concurrent and not consecutive, basically they lump all of those into one, and he can only serve one of those sentences. So it's not, if it was consecutive, it could be 40 for the one, 25 for the next, 10 for the other, ran consecutively. But no, it's concurrent. So again, whichever one the judge decides, it will be that sentence, um, so let's just hypothetically, let's take the highest of, of all three, which is the 40 years. The judge could just give him 20, um, just based on whatever whatever he's based, whatever factors he's, he's in, in, um, initiating or implying. Um, so let's say if he just gives him 20. So now that's a, reduced by half. And then you can also reduce it again by two-thirds because this is a, um, he doesn't have any previous conviction that we know of, as far as I know. Um, so he, this would be his first offense, which would then knock him down to 10 to 12 years. So versus the 75 years total that we, we feel, of course, should be given, it's going to be whatever the maximum is, whatever the judge feels he will give him from that maximum, and then nine times out of ten, it will be reduced again because he is um, an, uh, doesn't have a criminal history. So it's a very possible that Derek Chauvin could spend a maximum of 12 years in prison for the death of George Floyd. Um, ladies, your thoughts on that information? And Lou, we'll have you kick that off. Yeah, I did read that because I think they said uh, he just he could. It's been up to seventy-five years, you know, with, with the with the uh, the way that they the term uh, the uh, sentencing is in a in that particular state. Uh, Twelve years for taking a life. I I think that personally, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to do an eye for an eye, a two for a two. But if you take a life, you should be giving your life. Or if you're not gonna give it to somebody kill you, you should at least serve a life sentence. You know what I mean? And so I, 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 I'm not excited about that at all. That's why I said we're going to see what he's going to get sentenced, because I'm, I'm not excited at all. All right, Janelle? 
That's the part that I was talking about. I, I'm, I don't like the fact that um, that he can't he can't serve what he took. That mm-hmm. you twelve years for taking somebody's life. I mean, come on. And the the mere fact that they have it to where it's being served concurrent instead of consecutive that pissed me off at first because you you get convicted of three different charges and but you only get um, time to serve one that makes no sense to me right that makes absolutely no sense to me then what was the purpose in you giving him a guilty verdict in, in the first place on all three charges what was the purpose? To silence the crowd, to keep the rioting down, and, you know, to make the people think they're going to do something. It's just all false mislead. They, they, it's false, and they're trying to mislead us. Well, you know, from the prosecution side, I guess I can see, you know, if anybody has seen it, they have seen it, where they have put on what you would think a slam dunk case, and the jury finds them not guilty. So it's better to shoot, you know, you, you have three, and what's the worst? The worst that can happen is you're found not guilty on all three charges. You know, may come back that you're found guilty on one and not the two others. So at least you at least you have a win in, in one of the categories. Maybe that's how they're seeing it. You know, were they expecting to get a guilty verdict on all three? Maybe not. Um, so... But I mean, again, but what does that say about what does that say about the judicial system? If if it's the best we can get, I don't know. I don't know, and I think a lot of people, um, you know, call it is what it is. White America, in particular, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are like, well, goodness, what is it that you want? You know, you you wanted a guilty verdict, but now you're not happy about that. Well, we want justice. You know, we just want equal rights. Here you have the possibility of this man taking someone's life and the potential of only spending 12 years. When you have had black men in prison for up to 25 and 30 years, serving 25 to 30 years on crimes that they didn't even commit. How is that? How is that equal to I don't care what they were in jail. I don't care if it was on Drug charges, I don't care if it was on uh, murder, I don't care if it was on domestic abuse. Whatever it is, we have seen time and time again where we have the innocence project. The innocence project is in effect for a, for a reason because we have entirely too many men. I'm not saying that they're all black. But we have too many people in prison on crimes that they didn't even commit. But they're spending 25, 27, 30, 35 years, and you, you murder someone, in broad daylight, on camera, and the max you're going to get is 12 years? What is, what is that in that? So how, how are we supposed to feel good about that? 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the lady. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I think we are all in agreement with this one, ladies. It's, um, like where, where, where can we go? Where do we go from here? Um, I do want to uh, mention as well, um, still that has not been passed, uh, the George Floyd Justice in Policy, uh, I'm sorry, in Policing Act, the George Floyd.
Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Um, it would ban chokeholds and no-knock warrants, um, training on racial bias and the duty to intervene, create national police misconduct registry, mandate use of deadly force as last resort, and overhaul qualified immunity. Um, Ladies, just your thoughts on the fact that it hasn't passed yet um, and what, if any, difference do you think the passing of this bill will actually do for black men, men of color um, in the United States? And Lou, we'll have you kick that one. So you say the bill, say that again about the bill. What did you say, that the bill what? So this is the, um, it's the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. So this is the, the act that they're trying to get passed through Congress um, in order to hopefully not have another incident like this ever again. But um, what it would include is banning chokeholds and no-knock warrants, so i.e. Eric Garner, um, Breonna Taylor, um, okay. training on racial bias and duty to intervene, create a national police misconduct registry. Had this been in place, Derek Chauvin should have definitely been on it because he had, what, 16, 17 um, rips in his, in his file. Uh, mandate the use of deadly force as last resort, and then overhaul qualified immunity. Uh, yeah, that, that would be great. You know, if they pass it, they should really, no, nobody really should reject that. You know, it should be passed with flying colors in a in a world of, of, of equality and justice and stuff. But, you know, you know how many people that's going to be voting, that, that would be people of, of uh, in the white, they live in the White House. And I mean, like, black house, white house, brown house. That's what I mean, the body. So, uh, you know, I, I think that would be great. I mean, but, but it's, it's a long time coming, you know what I mean? It should have been going on way before this. But I, I just hope that the people pursue it, keep on pursuing it. And even if they, they don't pass it, you know, the, you know, I, I think they still should fight, you know, fight for it. We just got to make a lot of noise, y'all, right? At this point, we got to make noises. We just got to keep on fighting. It's because, you know, and when we stop fighting, that's when we're going to lose. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Janelle, your thoughts? Um, fact that it hasn't been passed. I mean, what are your the likelihood that it will be passed? And you know, what what difference me, will it make? Let me just be completely honest with you. Whether mm-hmm. they pass it or not, it's not going to make a difference because <clears throat> we know that they have we have have cops that. And not all cops are bad. I'm not saying all cops are bad, but we know that we have cops that it, it they have laws in place right now for, for these cops because what happened should have never happened. And, and they're still doing it. It, it. And it's not just in one place. It's literally across the United States that this is happening. So I know I have no faith that this law is going to make a difference at all. Mm. Ladies, I just I, I don't want to sound like Debbie Downer, but, I mean, these are all of the things that, like you said, these should already be in place. Um, how many how many police um, precincts or whatever have banned uh, chokeholds, but we still see it? 
But I guess that's because certain certain states, they still have the ability uh, where chokeholds are not illegal. Um, I think the main one that I am um, encouraged about is the creating of the National Police Misconduct Registry. Why that has not been in place, I will never know. But I think I know. Because let's be real, being a police officer is not an easy job. Would I sign up for it? It's out. But when you do go and say that you want to be a police officer, if you are a officer that does not um, protect and serve as you are sworn to do, it should be notated in your record, and that should follow you everywhere you go. The fact that it doesn't is very disturbing. I am under the belief, though, that if an officer has whatever type of, of, of uh, strike on his record, um, it used, uh, excessive use of force, um, uh, has a number of, um, you know, questionable shootings. I, I'm not sure exactly what that's called. But I would, I would, on the, I, w- I would have to think that um, that is notated somewhere. And that next precinct that that officer goes to, I would think that there's some kind of way that even if it's not in their record, that a, a police chief or somebody would have the ability to go find that out. Now, whether or not they do that or not, then what does that say about that incoming chief or their, the way that they run their police department? Because if you, if you turn a blind eye to that and you know that this cop has the, the propensity to act out of um, your police standards, what do you think is going to happen? It's bound to bring a black eye to your precinct. So is it, is it worth it? You know, are you that hard-pressed to find officers that you're just willing to accept anyone? So I think if there is this national register, they can't get around that anymore. And what it's, what it's going to do is it's going to force these officers to either shape up or ship out. That's my, that's my hope, um, that we can't just have these rogue cops going from precinct to precinct and things to do what they're doing. But we shall see. Hasn't passed yet, um, but luckily we have the numbers, you know, in the House um, because with having the majority, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris would be the deciding vote. So um, we shall see. We shall see. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. And um, like I said, we're just real talk. This is what we do on LL Sports. All right, y'all, so real quick, we're going to go ahead and jump into a break. And then on the outside of this, uh, just, you know, a couple more uh, comments. Um, and then, you know, we'll get to um, get to some sports here. But we unfortunately, we did have a, another incident um, in Ohio, and I definitely want to get the ladies' opinion on the death of the 15-year-old um, shot by police just 20 minutes before the verdict came in. All right? But before we go to break, we have to do our roll call. So, Janelle, are you with me? Yes, I am. And Aunt Lou, what say you? Oh, yeah. Aunt Lou's in the house. She's everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Ah. Triple threat in the house. I was trying to mm-hmm. rhyme with, ja- with Janelle. Oh, yeah. I'm everywhere. Ah. Okay. <laughs> Oh, St. Louis, Nell, DJ. We'll be right back after 
the break. Alrighty. I applaud the just verdict, but it's hard for me to to celebrate based on where the whole thing started. George Floyd still being dead, people since then being dead, and not having overwhelming confidence that that this is going to be a step in the right direction and not an isolated step towards reform was made. Um, but there's a lot of work to do, and there's a lot of conversations that need to be had to uh, make sure that uh, this doesn't happen again, or at least try to save the next generation from having moments like this.
Hopefully, uh, you know, this will send a message uh, that you, you, you just have to do right, you know, and we're going to hold you accountable no matter who you are uh, or what type of position, badge, or, you know, whether you're president or CEO or whoever, uh, we're going to hold you accountable for, for your actions. I still have a long way to go, so it's, it's a great time to reflect and see how far we've come in the last year, you know, with the verdict and, and the case, and uh, unfortunately losing a life, a few lives, um, last year due, due to police brutality and just violence out in the streets. So, you know, we just want to continue to galvanize each other and be there for one another as human beings and continue to support, um, you know, justice being served. Definitely. 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports 2. Um, heading into the break, that was Stan Van Gundy and Carl Anthony Towns. And then coming out of the break, um, that was um, Atlanta Hawks coach Nate McMillan and Kyrie Irving. Right. A lot of uh, NBA players, a lot of sports athletes, period, um, you know, just voicing their opinions um, through social media on how, um, on their thoughts and um, how they felt regarding the uh, verdict. Uh, former President Barack Obama, um, he tweeted, uh, quote, today a jury did the right thing, but true justice requires much more. Michelle and I send our prayers to the Floyd family, and we stand with all those who are committed to guaranteeing every American the full measure of justice that George and so many others have been denied, end quote. Uh, Commissioner Roger Goodell, he issued a statement saying, I quote, Today's outcome in the Derek Chauvin trial in Minneapolis does not undo the loss of life. Mr. George Floyd should be here with us today. Our hearts remain with the Floyd family, and we understand the pain, anger, and frustration does not go away even when justice is delivered. Importantly, even as we identify reasons for hope, we must continue to help move our society toward a more equal and just tomorrow. We are proud to partner with NFL players and clubs and remain committed to do the important work needed to make positive change in our society, end quote. All right. So bringing back the ladies here, the triple threat in the house, Janelle and Aunt Lou. And um, just, you know, your overall thoughts on um, how vocal, you know, the athletes, regardless of, of um, organization, NBA, um, Major League Baseball, even, you know, uh, NASCAR, um, of course, NFL. Just talk about, um, you know, how, how how you feel about the athletes just taking such a, um, a vocal stance in, in these um, this issue specifically. Um, Janelle, we'll start with you. For me, it's not shocking. I'm I'm actually glad that they're doing it. Um, this was a, a situation that hit everybody across the board. It didn't matter, you know, whether we're talking about sports or politics or whatever. Everybody was affected by this. So right. to the the fact that um, that people are being vocal about it, it 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 it's number one. It's important. 
um, because these are, are um, uh, figures that, that people look at, that, you know, mm-hmm. that kids look up to. So mm-hmm. it, it's important that, that people hear what they're thinking on that. Right. right. With them being high-profile figures, yes, definitely. Right. Hey, Lou? Uh, I totally agree with Janelle on that. Um, if, 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 a, if a black athlete, you know, didn't say anything about it, I would have some problems with it, you know, because yeah. you, you have to be, even blind Stevie Wonder sees what's going on, you know what I mean? So for you to see this and not say anything, I would have, I would wonder who are you and what are you, in, you know what I mean? So, um, I just uh, I'm, I'm glad that they're speaking out, and I hope that they do more than just speak, and they use their monies to help, you know, to improve things, and like I say, use their voice, you know, to 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 speak out, you know, and do it in a professional way, but at the same time be firm and and just basically saying we're not we're not going to tolerate anymore because that's where we at. Exactly. Three four seven. Eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight. And I'm totally in agreement. Uh, you know, I think if if they weren't as vocal, but you know what? What I'm most proud of, I think, is not only um, the fact that they are speaking out vocally, but a lot of these teams, you know, they have taken it to the next level. You know, we saw the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, you know, refuse to play. Um, we saw all of the leagues when um, the um, the unfortunate death of Dante Wright canceling or postponing their game. So they're taking it to that next level of not just voicing and saying how it makes them feel, but they're actually taking action. And I commend the owners for that as well because that says a lot, you know, regardless of uh, revenue or money, you know, that they may be losing, the importance of life and the importance of how it affects their players, um, it means something to them. So I'm I'm, just, I'm very encouraged. I tip my hat to the NBA because I think they have been the most um, outspoken and more visible out there and taking more risks and chances um, than, than, say, the NFL or, or Major League Baseball at, um, up front, you know. Um, but for, for the NBA players to just refuse to play and, uh, you know, just certain success, certain situations like that, um, being out um, during the George Floyd, I'm sorry, um, protests and marches, you know, you saw a lot of the NBA players out there with the megaphones, you know, front and center in the middle of a pandemic. Um, So, again, I do commend uh, these athletes of of today because um, it could be them, you know, and I think that just the empathy that they show um, is, is what's important. It doesn't have to come knocking in your back door for you to want to make change um, or to try to implement change. So I tip my hat to these, to these brothers and because the WNBA, they have been front and center since day one. So um, shout out to, to all of the athletes who are um, making it their mission and using their platform um, for, for change. All right. So, um, one last question with this, because I'm just, just a curiosity question. We do know that Derek Chauvin is in solitary confinement. He's locked down 23, uh, 23 hours a day. Does not have, you know, physical contact with other inmates yet. Uh, eight weeks until sentencing. 
my question. Um, will Derek Chauvin live out his sentence? Ain't Lou. Master that first. And why is she going to ask me, Janelle? Give me a Glock. <laughs> give me a Glock. Just give me a Glock. Let me stop. <laughs> Uh, if he if if he served uh, a longer sentence, maybe he he will. But if it's gonna be short, you know, I don't know. Somebody might try to take that man's life or whatever. You know what I mean? I know I know that he, you know him being a cop that you know they're gonna probably try to protect him because you know he's a blue. He's one of us. He's a blue, 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 or uh, whatever he is. Orange. He should be orange, orange, orange in that in that jumpsuit. But um. But I don't know, you know, only God knows what's going to happen to him. I don't wish him any evil, you know, even though he took, took this man's life. But I, but just knowing people, you know, and he's just going, he might run up on the wrong person in prison. He just might. Okay, all right. Yeah, like I said, it's just a rhetorical question. I, you know, of course we we don't know. But, um, but Janelle, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you foresee Derek Chauvin living out his sentence? I mean, it's it's all going to depend, like Ms. Lucinda said, on um, number one, how long they give him, and number two, if they keep him in solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he he doesn't. I, I don't see him feeling so bad that he take his own life. I definitely don't see mm-hmm. that happening. But it it all it just all is going to depend on how they how this um, whole thing plays out. Mhm. Okay. You know, real quick, this is me. Are y'all amazed at the lack of emotion from that man? I mean, the camera stayed on him the whole verdict when they announced it. There was absolutely no emotion. Did that surprise y'all? Not, not really, because I, I don't. I mean, when you see how he had his his knee on that man's neck for the long, just show no emotion. It's like he just doesn't care. He's He's a he's an evil man. I see. He's an evil man, and he doesn't care. And he probably figured down the road that these boys gonna get him off. These good old boys gonna get me out of here, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. but but he, but I I see no remorse or nothing like that, you know. Nothing. Nothing. Janelle. No, I mean, it, it. I I wasn't shocked. Because, like she said, he the whole time he's from from the start he hasn't showed any emotion. He hasn't, you know, no remorse, no nothing, no. It, so no, I I wasn't shocked. I'm just, I it, it's hard to see that kind of evil in the world. Hmm. 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 That is so true. That is so true. On full display. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was. I I, I was um. I don't know if shocked was the word, maybe alarmed or um, worried. I, I I don't know, because I have no emotion. Now, I'm in total agreement with y'all that, you know, for just the uh, expression that he had on his face when he was killing George Floyd, that was just, a, I felt like that was an entitlement. You know, he was just like, what y'all going to do? Y'all can't do nothing. I'm the police, you know. I, I'm I, I white privilege. That, you know, that, that look he had on his face, too, I'm white privileged. It was like, I, I, when I saw that look, I was like, okay, so this this is what we're dealing with. And then to see him in court with no emotion, you know, in my mind, I'm just thinking that he's thinking he's going to get off. You know, who's going who's gonna to convict me? 
the guilty verdict. You know, I was just expecting to see something, just some a, a, a light, a, a little light or something. And it was just nothing. He just looked from side to side, side to side. I'm like, is this man a psychopath? I, I, but, but like you said, Janelle, that, is, um, that was pure evil on full display. And you said that you don't think he'll take his life. It wouldn't surprise me if he did, if he just realized, okay, well, I'm tarnished now, and um, really, what do I And the fact that there was nobody in the court for him, not one day, you couldn't find, you know, I mean, you didn't, a dog sitter, uh, uh, I don't know, just somebody. Did you say dog sitter, Tina? Dog, Come on. Somebody, <laughs> somebody uh, uh, don't they have a program for people? That, I don't know. But, I mean, nobody came and sat, and sat on that man's behalf for court. That is just. You think he has, uh, he, he does have a wife, doesn't he? Yeah, at first, I don't know if the divorce is final, but when he got arrested, she was gone. Well, you know, and they probably, she probably know what type of uh, person he was. But then mm-hmm. again, they, they could be keeping people away so that nobody knows his family in case they want to target his family while he's in jail, you know. Could that be part of it as well? But I think that's so biased when the, when the wife divorced him. So I can't see <laughs> anybody. Cause it's not like they were in support of him. You know? uh-huh. So... Um, I, I would hope that people wouldn't go out. But, you know, we have crazy people in this world, so I can't, I can't say that. Um, but, I mean, nobody. I mean, I wonder, are his parents deceased or I know some brothers? Nobody? Husband? Somebody. But I don't know. That's just, just that like might be know. why he's so cold, TJ. He could be so cold because he doesn't have anybody. They don't love him, so he figured, why should I love anybody or care, you know? You never know. That's so true. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. All right, ladies. So before we, um, you know, jump into some sports here, um, I definitely want to just touch on um, the story of the 15-year-old um, who was shot and killed in um, was that Columbus, Ohio? I'm so sorry if I got the city wrong. Um, Ladies, y'all, let me see if I can get back to this. Sometimes my safari doesn't cooperate with me. And, yes, it is going. Okay, so I know that it was Ohio, um, and the young lady's name, uh, Micaiah Bryant, 16 years old. Um, they said that she's in foster care. Now, I think there's a lot of information that is going to come out uh, surrounding this unfortunate um, travesty that happened, um, but from the... Just the stories that I'm hearing, um, they're saying that this 15-year-old, um, she was in foster care. Uh, this was a foster care home um, that the police were called to. Um, it is supposed that the caller, the person who called 911, was Micaiah Bryant. Um, they released the 911 calls, and you, you could hear a distraught female saying, you know, these people, they're coming up into my house to, you know, beat us up. Um, you know, there's grown people coming in here to beat us up. Y'all hurry up and get here. And then you see a person out there, Columbus, thank you, baby, Columbus, Ohio. Um, You see a person out there. Now, what's being said um, in reports is that Makai was one of the people who was, um, if you see that there's a fight, and one of the females is down on the ground. 
and they're saying that this is a 16-year-old who, who was killed. She was the one that was down on the ground. There were men and women fighting her, and they're saying that she grabbed a knife from inside the house, which she was inside, took it out, and, you know, was defending herself, basically, is what they're, the assumption that they're coming to. Now, if you look at this video, you see the police have arrived, you see that they are still fighting, and you do see a person with a knife um, charge, approach a lady, a, a female that's in pink, and it looks like she's about to stab her. You don't know where, you don't know how many times, and then the police fire. Uh, they fire four shots, um, and ultimately, uh, Makaya Bryant succumbed to her uh, gunshot wound, and she passed away. So, um, ladies, I mean, you know, just your overall thoughts, you know, on the situation. Again, this happened 20 minutes before the verdict was read on the Derek Chauvin case. And, you know, it's just a lot of mixed emotions and, and people having conversations. You know, some people are saying that, you know, well, why did she put herself in that position? You know, these are police. If you have a knife and you approach someone else, deadly force that. I mean, if, if there's not a time to use it, when it, you know, is that the time to use it? Um, a lot of people, though, are having problems with the force shot. You know, could have just shot her one time. Um, of course, it's being brought up, why didn't he tase her? So, um, you know, again, we don't have all of the facts of the story. I do think that this is going to be um, a lot more information released. Um, also, one thing that we heard was that the foster mother is actually the one who called the aggressors over to the house to beat up the 16-year-old. So, again, a lot of moving parts here, but ultimately a 16-year-old is 16-year-old black female is dead by the hands of the police in what appears to be excessive force. Um, hey, Lou, just your overall thoughts on the situation. They could have shot her in the arm. They could have shot her in the leg. You know, because you know that the cops, they aim and they know how to shoot. I mean, you've been on the force. I would think you know how to shoot straight and you don't have to shoot to aim for her head. But, they, you know, just to stop her, because they had to shot her anywhere, she'd have dropped the knife. You know what I mean? But why you got to, sh- I don't know if they shot her in the heart or what, you know, in the chest or whatever. And four shots, come on, people. This is a 16-year-old. Somebody could have grabbed her from behind. You just don't know. You know what I mean? It's just, it, when you're in a situation like that, you got to think. But they're not thinking, when it comes to black people, they don't think about our safety. They don't care about that. It's like, if you just show me that you're angry because they want to label us as angry and violent anyway. So you you just show me. The girl could have raised up the knife saying that, you know, I'm surrendering. But they would have said, oh, she was getting ready to stab somebody in the head. You know, it's just... Yeah, I'm just going to shut up because it, it frustrates me. It really does. Okay. All right. I understandable. Um, Janelle? It, it is frustrating because um, why, why were they shooting at her instead of using a taser? That makes no sense to me. I, I mean, it, it, this is why I tell you it doesn't matter what law they put into effect. This stuff, we're still going to see this stuff happening. We're still going to see this stuff happening. Now, as many as many riots as we as we have had across the United States and different places over things like this, and of all days on the day that the verdict is given, this is still happening. Come on now, it, it is this is unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. I just think that there are certain cops out there that it does not matter to them what what law or what principles that they stand by, that it, this is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
this is still going to happen. And it's just, it, it's it's sad that a 16-year-old who was only calling to get some help is now dead over some, okay, a, gu- a gun and you could have used a taser? Come on now. And it's not like they it's not like she was coming at the police. It that's that's another thing that if they come it's one thing if you're talking about this girl was attacking the police with this with this knife. But she wasn't. Okay. Um quick question. Have y'all seen the video? Hello? Hello, I, no, Janelle? I haven't seen the video. I haven't seen the video. Okay, all right. Janelle, have you? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. All right. Um, and Kenny, uh, Kenny Cage says the adults needed to prevent things from going too far. They did not stop fighting. Where are the parents? So true. That is so very true. Because if you have adults in the house, and, again, I don't know how true it is, but if they're saying, you know, that the adults were the ones that called the people over and, you know, it's foster parents, and, you know, if it's one of those foster parents that they just go after the money, they really don't care about the kids, you know, we just, we have to see. Um, but I do wonder if y'all would have a different perspective if you had seen the video. The only reason I say that is because the 16-year-old who had the knife, she had the girl in the pink pinned up against the car. So... It's not like she was just wielding a knife willy-nilly out in an open yard or something like that, or she was charging. She literally had this girl in a small, confined area with a knife. So I say that to say, um, possibly tasing her, would would that have caused her to drop the knife? Because we don't know if, you know, if she was just, you know, um, I don't want to say normal, but if, like if there had been any um, drugs consumed or anything like that. And the only reason why I say that is because we know people have superhuman strength if they, you know, if they're taking, if they're on any any type of stuff. But I'm not saying it's not saying that you know she's a drug user or anything like that. So I don't know how um, how uh, what's the word I want to use um, how efficient a taser would have been. The fact of four shots, that's the part that's getting me because, it, like, I don't know if it remember you or Janelle or Aunt Lou, uh, police are trained to shoot targets. So if her back is to the police, because, again, she's charging the female who she has pinned against the car. So he's got an angle from her back to probably, like, her right side. So you shoot her in the leg, maybe, or maybe shoot well, I don't want to say you can shoot over her head because then you might shoot a, a bystander. So I don't want to say that, but um, you know. But even in a, in a non-life-threatening, um, you know, if you if you're not shooting to kill, you may shoot her in the leg, but hit an artery. So you know, what I mean, it's, police have such short amount of time span to make these decisions. I am going to give them the benefit of doubt on that. So would you feel better? For four shots, Tina. No, that's what I'm saying. Four shots. That, that, that's what I'm saying. So, uh, four. That's to me. That that might be a little excessive. But TJ, but they, we, could, if, they could have shot her in the 
in the hand or something. They could have shot in the hand or shot her in the foot. You know, come on. Any, anything, because, I mean, you get shot, that's going to shake up your body. So that's going to make her drop that knife or either give them time to grab her. You know, come on, it, it's just so much you can do without killing somebody. That's true. I mean, she definitely should have been able to walk away from the incident. Um, but I just wonder how people would feel if that other child was dead from being stabbed to death and the police didn't take any action. I'm just saying. I'm just posing the question. Well, she but it's a, but you got to look at it. It's a it's a huge difference. It's a lot that can happen between taking no action and killing somebody. It's a whole lot that could have been done between there. Yeah. We're not saying don't take no action. We're just saying you ain't got to make it fatal, deadly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It don't have to be tra- tra- a tragedy again. Well, I don't. That's what I'm saying. If one shot, if you do a, a warning shot, because that's what Sandy said. That's what I was trying to say, like a warning shot. So if you shoot overhead, but then you, you don't want to shoot because there were people outside. So you don't want to hit an innocent bystander. So, yeah, if you do a warning shot, um, I just, you know, just, I just, I don't know. I'm glad I'm not a police officer. I'm going to tell you that right now because uh, that's, that's I, mm, I don't know. But you call us up, so 347-826-7924. That is the number to call to talk to us. Make sure you press number one, and we bring you right on in. I think we do have a caller, so if they press one, I am more than excited to hear what is on their mind. All right, so call us up. Make sure to press number one, and we will bring you right on in. Unless you don't want to talk. There we go. (laughs) All right, hold on. All right, 703-498, you are on with the ladies. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Good evening, ladies. This is uh, JB calling from Virginia. What's up, JB? Hey, what's going on, sis? Hello, JB. Hello, ladies. How are you guys tonight? Good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. Uh, just wanted to kind of call in tonight and give my opinion on uh, on a couple topics you guys are talking about tonight. Um, first off, the George Floyd verdict. Uh, like everyone else, I think we all relieved. Uh, happy we finally got to see some type of accountability for police killing unarmed black and brown people in America over the last couple of years here. So, you know, it's definitely a relief. I, I don't know about you guys, but I know when I got the word that the verdict was in, I sat by the TV. I was anxious. I was, my emotions were everywhere. Um I sat there, and once the verdict did come in, I think I kind of got a little emotional. A tear came down or two, but it was just, you know, it was a, a, a sigh of relief of finally. Finally, we get some type of accountability for the wrongdoing that this man did to George Floyd. His family can finally get some type of peace. Um, I know I posted justice for George, but as I think about it and I watch a couple other people talk about it. I don't think it's justice. You know, it's right. It's what we say. It's accountability. You know, I don't think George or his family could ever get justice because he's gone. Right. You know, but uh, like I said, I was I was just I was relieved. I was happy. I cried. 
you know, I, I'm in I'm boohoo now. I'm in boohoo, but I did, a tear did come down. That's okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I was glad. I was able to just, you know, just feel, because I know the world, the world felt that pain that George felt. You know, when you saw that man just continue to put his knee on him and then put his hands in his pocket. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys did, but I know I watched every bit of the trial. Yep, I did. I watched every bit. From if I had to go to work, I would just pause it. I started on YouTube and I pause it till I get off. And I get home that evening and I would watch it. And my wife would say, "Hey, why are you doing that to yourself? Why are you doing that to yourself?" I'm like, "I have to." Yep. Part of it was I just I just wanted to know what kind of defense that they were going to try to come up with to say that this was justified. Mm-hmm. And they threw all kind of idiotic BS, carbon dioxide, right. heart failure, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I, and I, just, I just couldn't believe it. And I was just sitting there looking. I was like, you know you don't have a case when you just got to pull stuff out the air. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I somewhat kind of felt bad for them because I'm like, you have no defense. You like, have no defense. Bad when you when you had police officers, the police chief and other police officers take the stand and say, This is not what we're trained to do. Mm-hmm. This was excessive force. He had nothing else. Right. I don't care what they would have said the cause of death was. You know, and watching that trial every day it just I just kept wondering what was the jurors thinking when they and I kept saying to myself, None of the testimony matters. The only thing that mattered was that videotape. Right. And the prosecution said that in the closing arguments. Believe what you see. Right. Believe what you see. And I'm just happy that all twelve of those jurors believe, believe what? what they saw in that videotape and and made a Chauvin accountable for his actions on that day. Right. And like you said, Tina, I, I watched his emotions. I wanted to see his face. I was glad the camera was stuck in on his face. I wanted yep. to see it. I wanted to see how he reacted. And to me, he had the same face that he had as he was kneeling on George's neck. Yeah. And I said, that's the same look. And I watched that over and over and over again just to watch his face. Mm-hmm. And I said, yep, that's the same stoic look. Like, right. what? What are you going to do? Right. But I know once once he went behind those doors and they slammed that jail cell, I know he, <laughs> I know his heart went through through his feet. He had to because he know he, he done. He done. Yeah. Okay. Whether he do it or at the hands of somebody else, but. You know, I'm just I'm just glad we were able to get some type of accountability. I'm I'm happy for the Floyd family that right. they can finally get some peace. Mm-hmm. And as George's brother said, he said he finally can get some sleep. Right. And, and I'm just I'm just happy for the family. I'm 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 just happy. Good. I'm just happy. Okay. Now I know you got something to say about the Makai Bryant. What's on your mind? <sighs> You know, just when we thought we got a sigh of relief, right? Mm. Twenty minutes later, we we get the word of a 16-year-old being shot at the hands of police. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I heard it, I was like, Nah, that can't be. You know, it's got to be something else. So I waited. I, I stayed up all night researching, researching, researching. Finally, they released the videotape. Videotape I saw 
at first, I was just like, wow. And I couldn't believe what I saw. And then I saw another one where they kind of slowed it down a little bit. And kind of like you were talking, there's so much information that's going to come out from this because there's so much on social media about right now about what happened and who was mm-hmm. Makai and who was those girls and all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, to me, the biggest thing I take from it, I feel like the four shots were excessive. Right. I feel like if you look at it, when he pulls up, he gets out. He pulls his weapon. As, you, as he pulls up, he gets out. Micaiah and the girl she was fighting are both on the ground. Micaiah knocks the girl to the ground, and I think she kind of stumbled, and she gathered herself. And I felt like at that time, had he had his taser, he could have tased her because he was like, get down, get down, get down. He could have tased her at that point before she even got close to the girl. Okay. And she, when she lunged, that's when he fired four times. I understand that he had to protect that other girl's life, but I just think the four shots was too many. I know police are not taught, trained to shoot an arm and the leg and the finger or nothing like that. They're taught to shoot cinematic. Same thing in the military, cinematic. Mm-hmm. Right? But to me, the four shots is excessive. We've seen people get shot one time in the chest or in the body and live. Shooting four times, her yeah, chance of living exactly. was slim. And today I watched another video that the police put out because they put out all the uh, body cameras. Mm-hmm. And it's so shocking that this thing happens so fast. The other two cops that pulled up, as they were getting out of their car, he was firing shots. And they didn't even know what was going on. Mm. And I just... I just yeah. felt like at that moment when he pulled up, had he got out of his car with his taser instead of his service weapon, he probably could have saved our life. Hmm. And it's easy to, you know, Monday morning quarterback the situation. We all get it. Police have a tough job. I'm not taking that away from them. But it just seems like when it's us, yeah, when it's us, it's always the service weapon is always the first choice. Yeah. And that may not be right. true, but it just feels that way. Right. I feel you. You know, if people, to me, those adults out there felt her the most. Yeah. Nobody yeah. tried sure. to stop her. Nobody tried to take the weapon from her. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, I've been in neighborhoods. You know, I grew up in a neighborhood where, you know, a fight break out. Everybody gather want to see the fight. You know, but when you're talking about somebody about to stab somebody, about to kill somebody, possibly, you have to intervene as an yeah. adult. You have to. Yeah. You have to. And you ask the question, would it be different had she stabbed the girl? I have a different opinion about that, and I've been voicing this all day on social media. I've asked mm-hmm. everybody. Okay. Well, I want to give it to her I'm not going to cuss. I'm, I'm, I, I got myself completely. <laughs> Okay. What no, would I, you do? I want you to give us the the, the shortened version. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. What okay. would you do if somebody came to your house to attack your child? Right? And they mm-hmm. did. According to social media, like you said, there were men and women fighting her. Mm-hmm. What would you do? 
They're not right. even in my house. I'm calling the police. Right. Right. That's why I say the adults felt her. They should have kept her in that house. They shouldn't have allowed yeah. her. Like you said, I read the I read some reports too. They said the mother called for the people to come attack her and all this crazy stuff. Allowed her in the house. They pulled out the house. I've read all kind of crazy stuff. And so I just wonder, and that's why I've been asking people, like everybody giving the girl in pink the benefit of that. Oh, she, she he saved her life, but you started it, right? Had you came to that girl's house and she shot you while you was in her house, she's justified. Yeah. She felt her life was in danger. She had every right to protect herself. Should, he have, should she have dropped the knife? Sure. But at that point, her drone is going. She's like, everybody's fighting me. I'm out here on my own. And that's where I yeah. am with it. You know? it, it that's why I am with it. Um, uh, I just need to get the whole story. Once, once the and whole that, thing comes together, thing. it's not making any sense, really. I, in all it's honesty. not making any sense. It's so not. it's like... Um, I, I, I don't understand what type of parent you are where you're going to allow your, I don't care if foster child or not. Um, yes. If you are responsible for this person, I don't see how you just allow anybody to come up and, and just. To harm her in any way. In your house. That's yeah. your job as a protect. Your job as a parent is to protect yeah. your child at all costs. You should never be a foster parent again. They need to revoke that. Never. You should never be able I to. I feel like. Any more children. I feel like every adult out there should be charged some way, somehow. Yeah. Somewhere. I don't I'm not saying murder or attempted murder. I'm just saying they should have some type of charge against them because they failed that young girl. Yeah. They failed they, her. They did. And now they, she's not here. Exactly. And wow. what I got is that her younger sister lived there. She just came there like maybe a year ago. Her younger sister been there for a couple years. And that home. And so mm-hmm. they finally brought her in within the last year or so. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's going to be a lot coming out. Um, yeah. Right now, it's just um, it's, it's too messy right now. So yeah, we need to get clarification. Um, but at the end of it's the day, those, those adults did fail that girl. Um, yeah. And I think we're all in agreement that four shots that, that that was a bit excessive. But, um, yeah, that, that's my only part. I just feel like it, it, it was excessive. And yeah. other things, yeah. other measures could have been taken. I know it happened fast, but right. that's what you're trained for. Right. All right. All right, yeah. baby. Well, it's always we love hearing your thoughts. Um, you always. Always. So, always. Thank you guys you know. for taking my call. Thank you guys for what you do, and uh, you guys just keep being blessed and doing what you do. All right, you as well. And you know, you stay, stay, uh, stay safe and stay lifted. All right, my brother. All right, you too, buddy. All right, love you. Bye bye. Three four seven eight seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two Day from Virginia. All right, so we're going to jump into a quick break, and then on the outside of this, it will be time. It will be time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that ad. Yes, it will be time for Lucinda's lyrics. Um, Aunt Lou, are you going um, or are you going serious on us tonight, or what are you doing tonight? I'm going to do uh, something on, on Chauvin. How do you say that man's name? Derek Chauvin or Chauvin? Okay. Which one is Chauvin. 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 Okay. Chauvin. Okay. It looks I'll like be ready. Chauvin. It looks like Chauvin, but I don't even know. But I'm doing something on him. A piece. Okay. So we will be right back after the break. Hello, for two. TJ, triple threat. Janelle, hey, Luke. TJ, we'll be right back. You know, justice was served. Your, your heart goes out to the Floyd family because there's nothing that you can do to bring 
him back and obviously in society there's no place for racism or bigotry and we have to do better you know it's uh, as a country we have to do better it's a good day for you know african americans and anybody else that's been um been a part of uh injustice that comes to the hands of police brutality and, and acts like that and so you know we look we look forward to the to the sentencing in a couple of months and hopefully you know uh, that brings complete closure for the family and a lot of people in this country you know obviously we have a long way to go um, as people as a society here um, but today was a start it was a good day
in one respect, it's, it's relieving because you don't have a lot of confidence historically that, that the verdict would come down um, and that justice would be served. So, I, you know, I, I just hope that this is the type of statement by our justice system that gives hope and precedence for these type of verdicts to be the norm. Today, you know, we took a step forward. We're actually getting some progress, but on the other end, it sucks because it had to, in order for that to happen, a life had to be sacrificed. And not only was it George Floyd, but the countless others that throughout the years that have gone through these same situations, and it sucks. Mm, yes, it does. Three four seven eight two six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. And as I said before the break, it is time. It is time for the baddest lady in the land when her pen hits that pad. Yes, it is time for Lucinda's lyrics. So, Miss Lucinda, what do you have on tap for us? Good evening, LO Sports 2. Derek Chauvin is a former Minneapolis police officer whose crimes are no longer undercover. On May 25th, he pinned his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine and a half minutes, showing no remorse and having no limits. The video of the tragedy showed Floyd crying out, I can't breathe. Yet Shaven's knee held his neck underneath. There were bystanders pleading for him to let Floyd go. But Shaven's response was an emphatic no. Needless to say, George Floyd died as his family and people all over the world cried. Kevin was finally arrested and charged, released on bail, and hanging around at large. At his trial, he was convicted of second and third degree murder. So now he has eight weeks before his sentencing order. He has been held in solitary confinement since his conviction but he has not experienced any bodily affliction. There are 349 inmates at this facility, and all of them have limited mobility. I hope and pray that the judge will be fair in his sentencing and show a heart that cares. Then this would send a message to all crooked cops to beware. wonderful. You are such a talented and gifted poet. <laughs> Thank you, Daryl. Yes. Three four seven eight six seven nine two four. That is the number to call to talk to the ladies tonight on LL Sports Two. Uh, going into the break, we heard audio from uh, Nick's coach um, Tom Thibodeau and uh, Lou Will, <laughs> Lou Williams. And uh, coming out of the break, we heard from Net coach uh, Steve Nash and the market cousins. All right. So, um, ladies, with that, uh, just a you know, little bit of the show. Um, anything y'all wanted to comment on, um, you know, what JB might have said or any more comments on the uh, situation with uh, Micaiah Bryant in Columbus? I just wanted to say, um, I, I was like Janelle, and I forgot to say this in the beginning, with uh, Chauvin or whatever the man's name, Derek. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, for them to charge him with second and third degree murder, you know, like, like but, you know, this has happened with all the people of, uh, in the White House. Um, they, um, they don't, they don't ever, first degree murder is not even a, a, an option with them. It's going to be the lesser center, second, third, you know what I mean? It's always that. First degree murder is intentional, though. First degree is when you plan to go. Oh, it wasn't intentional? It, it, it wasn't, wasn't yes, go if you don't stop it. Come on now, Janelle. It was intentional. Never failing. God. And his intent wasn't to, to, to not kill him, but I'm just saying, like, I don't think he woke up that morning and said he was going to go kill George Floyd. I'm just saying. No, I'm he just did. Okay. Okay. First okay. First degree murder I is if I, if I plan, I, I execute and I go and plan and kill somebody. That's first degree. He wasn't going to get convicted on first degree murder. So, I mean, that would have been a waste of time. According to the law, I've been on, I've been on a jury. <laughs> so I can I'm not a lawyer. I've been on a jury. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there are certain criteria that you have to meet. And, you know, all it takes is one. So first degree was, was not going to be that, that would, they wouldn't do that. All right. Okay. But it's not like that they hadn't had an encounter before. Uh, uh, him and Floyd. Who's serving him? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think that they worked together at a at a at a club before or something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, but I mean, none of that was ever brought out in trial that they okay. had a free. Yeah, okay. I'm just. It's very hard to prove first degree murder. It's very hard. So, I would rather them go on the ones that they at least had an eighty percent chance of getting, and they ended up getting a hundred. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. JB says, yeah, I think he would have been acquitted on first degree. I totally agree. He would have been acquitted on that. On that man's neck, he snapped the the paramedics got there. They took his pulse. He didn't have a pulse, and his knee was still on there. Yes, that was very intentional. But um, they wouldn't have have got first degree. All right, ladies. Well, I hate to do a quick turn on this, but... um, the NFL draft is next week. Are are we getting excited about that? So a little bit closer. Yes. To- <laughs> yes. That's how I look at it. It's a little bit. It's a little bit closer. So, um, you know, Janelle, your Falcons have the fourth pick. Um, my Niners have the third pick. We went up and got that. Um, sorry, a I don't know when y'all picking. You know when y'all picking? I'm sorry. <laughs> It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Went to the playoffs, so you, you can't pick too high. You know, you're in the you're in the 20s. I know that. So that's a good thing. But yeah, so the NFL draft is next week. Um, also, the uh, NFL uh, the NFL owners they are uh, wrapping up their meetings, but there have been some rule changes that they agreed on. And a couple of them, um, this proposal was submitted by the Kansas City Chiefs. They are adjusting the restrictions on who can wear which jersey numbers. So specifically, the approval unlocks the number of players eligible to wear single-digit numbers, and that had previously been regulated to just quarterbacks, kickers, and punters. Um, So they're saying now that the expanded jerseys will allow running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, 
H-backs, which are halfbacks, and wide receivers to wear numbers 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. Um, defensive backs can choose from 1 through 49, linebackers 1 through 59, and, of course, 90 through 99. Um, offensive linemen, they still are between 50 and 79. Defensive linemen between 50, 79, um, and 90 and 99. Uh, quarterbacks, kickers, and punters will remain in the 1 to 19 range. So that must have been a, uh, I guess, a, a, a growing um, complaint or a known complaint maybe in locker room that the um, wide receivers and the tight ends and the running backs and the fullbacks wanted to wear one-digit numbers because they're saying that they a lot of the players they like to keep their college, um, you know, college number or maybe like a, a little league number that they grew up with. So, um, ladies, how do you feel about your wide receiver going from number eighty to? Number eight. I don't see a problem with it. Neither do I. Yeah, I could care less. This long day, I want a jersey. Put on the pad. Thank you. Put on the cleat. Make sure your helmet is on it. Let's get it. <laughs> Tell it. I don't care what number you have on. Just have it on. But uh, but that's not like that. Obviously, it was a problem because. They wanted to change that. So we shall see what what our, our favorite players. Oh, wait. I just thought about it. Have I gotten a jersey recently? I did. Kittle. Boy, if Kittle switched from something from 85, it's going to be some moving in the city. I ain't spending no more money. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about that. All I'm so quick to say, I don't care. Wait a minute now. Hold on. Okay. Well, everybody can change their number except for George Kittle. How about that? Mm, mm, mm. Ah, thought about that. What about all the fans that go out? Well, one thing I know that um, I think it's NFL Network or NFL.com, and I think San Francisco 49ers, they have what's called Jersey uh, Assurance or Insurance, something like that. But I think that's if your player leaves the team. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to find out. about. I'll get back with y'all on that. Because I need a discount or a credit or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think about that for a minute. Okay. So a couple of other uh, changes that are going to be made. They are saying that um, an uh, a onside kick proposal from the competition committee to limit the receiving team to players in the setup zone was approved. Uh, the hope is that the they tw- I'm sorry. The hope is that the tweak will help make onside kicks easier for the kicking teams to recover. I absolutely have no idea what that means. So the setup zone. I'm assuming that that means on the onside kick, everyone is already in one line because it's not like college where you can stagger. Um, so they're trying to say that it will help make the onside kicks easier for the kicking teams to recover. So I guess to go down and um, put a man on the team that's receiving the ball. I don't know. That's probably one. That's going to be one of those that I'm going to have to see to understand. Ladies, did you understand what I just said? <laughs> Not <laughs> really. Okay. Good. Not just me. Okay. Think about LL Sports too. We keep it real. Sometimes keeping it real goes bad. That might be one of the times. But I have no idea what this onside kick rule is going to do. So we shall. All right. Uh, let's see. 
owners, they eliminated preseason overtime, so that's good. No sense in dragging on preseason. It doesn't mean anything anyway. And we're only going to have three games this year, so that's good. That's a good thing. And let's see. Um, the owners also approved a rule proposed by Chicago to ensure the enforcement of all accepted penalties committed by either team during successive extra point try attempts. Okay. A rule proposed by all accepted penalties. Okay, so that just means that if you're if they're doing a kick, if they're doing an extra point kick and there's a penalty, um they can't have successive extra point try attempts. So I think sometimes people do penalties just to move the ball back further. You know, sometimes people will take a five-yard penalty in order to move the ball back because they're trying to get their uh, kicker in a certain position. So they're now saying that there's going to be an enforcement of all accepted penalties because you deny a penalty or, you know, not accepted. Um, but if they are accepted, then there's a new rule um, by either team that you can't uh, have excessive extra points by attempt. I think I understand that one. They're trying to stop uh, all these, like, offside and all-star penalties when it comes to extra points. Kind of drags the game on a little bit, but I don't mind it. Until my kicker misses a kick, then, then it's a problem. But other than that, I don't know. We'll have to see. A lot of these, I think, that they're just bored and they don't have anything else to do. They just leave, need to leave well enough alone. But we shall see. I'm just happy. It's the draft. It's about to be football season once again. And we do know now that the, uh, the release of the schedule, ladies, have you heard this? Do you know the date that the schedule is going to be released now? No, but you don't tell us. No, you're right. Wait, Danielle, what were we going to say? Thank you. I saw. Um, I got a message flash across my across my phone, but I didn't. I never looked at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So this year it is. Normally we get the um, we get the schedules like a week before the draft, but May twelfth. So that is when the uh, schedules are projected to be released. So just know that the show after May the twelfth, ooh, it's gonna be on and We are going to talk about when our teams are playing. All right. And let's see, I wanted to say this um, while I have Janelle on the line. The Wednesday Wikipedia for today, 20 years ago, 2001, is the date that the Atlanta Falcons drafted the one, the only, Joyce Dick himself, Michael Dick. <laughs> You know, first African-American quarterback taken number one overall. It, his his career still saddens me because he could have been so yeah. much more. He could have been so much more. So much more. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That's one of those where I know he probably kicks himself each and every day of his life. Because. He should have, he should be known for so much more than he is in football. So, a lot of ways to time, a lot of ways to time. Even I'm talking about in the years that he played with Atlanta, because if he would have applied himself the way he did in Philly, whew, I don't know if y'all would have won, but that would have been the more Super Bowl. Chanel. I'm just saying. 
Okay. You know what? Keep it up. Keep it up. All right. <laughs> and um, on a little sad note here, um, I don't know if you knew Aunt, Aunt Lou, but you guys had picked up um, Alder Smith, defensive end. He was with the 49ers for a while. He got put out, put out of the league, really, basically, um, for his off-the-field behavior. Recently signed with the Cowboys last year. Um, but, yeah, just a little bad news for him. He was booked on a battery charge. Um, he did turn himself in after a warrant was issued for his arrest, and they're saying that he will be arraigned um, on – his arrange, arraignment is scheduled for July 14th. So, sad to Who is this now? Who is this? Alden Smith, defensive end. Talented brother. So talented. But still well, he's with my Seahawks, huh? Yes. Well, he was still with them. As we went on air, he was still with them, but – We'll see. Yeah. All right. And so, ladies, with that, it is a wrap. The show was phenomenal. Once again, thank you, ladies, for an outstanding show. Um, and so, Janelle, we'll have you kick it off with our shout-out. Oh, TJ. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Miss Terry because I missed her tonight. Um. And to JD for calling in. Definitely. He made some really good comments. He 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 made some really good comments. Um, Miss Lucinda, I'm telling you, you got skills with that pen and paper, ma'am. You got some skills with the pen and the paper. Thank you, baby. We could just if we could just <laughs> we could just get your get your um your actions together. That would. That would be helpful. That's I a, thought I behaved be well tonight. Oh, you did. Okay, you had to put yourself on timeout today. You don't remember that? You don't. You you shut yourself you're right, you're up right. twice tonight. You shut yourself up twice tonight. <laughs> it's hard to get you together, ma'am. <laughs> Y'all gotta get Let's me ready. For TV. Uh, you get me ready for TV. You know I love you to death I absolutely adore you You, Wednesday is the best part of my week I'm telling you And when I'm not here It's just The week is just ruined It's just (laughs) But I've I truly appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate how hard you work for us because I know it's a job. I know it's a job trying to get everything together, and then you have a regular job too. So just know it doesn't go on. It doesn't go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. And you are loved, ma'am. You are loved. Thank you. Right. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Lou. What say you, Aunt Lou? I say ditto with what Janelle said, but I want to say, I want to reach out to Miss Terry. Miss Terry, you're so very absent. We miss you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we miss you tonight and hope that you'll be back next week. Uh, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, because, uh, but Janelle came on by herself. She's a trooper. Um, and I, and, uh, I just want to say, Janelle, well, Miss Terry, I hope everything's okay with you, and I'll be praying for you throughout the week. Janelle, I'm just glad you're here because we missed you last week. You are present. 
Uh, and so I'm glad of that uh, because, you, you know, we couldn't make it without you, and, and you bring your expertise, and I just have to flow with you, girl. So I thank God for you. I love you so much. And you're going to love me to life. You love me to life, not to death. Let me just let you know that right now. Go love me to life. <laughs> Big life. Okay. T.J., 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 T.J. Oh, God, it's just good. He's easy he's, he's, to, just to have you. As, as his daughter and and you being my niece and you being Miss Miss Terry and, and Janelle's friend, we just we thank God for you. I thank God for your your uh, faithfulness. I thank God for you just your creativity. You just awesome girl. You even know how to uh, respect the men when they come on, even though you be rushing them sometimes and you have to. But I thank God for you. <laughs> Because, you know, we talk faster to girls than guys do. But uh, I just thank God for you, and I want to encourage you to keep on doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, and, and we're going to be on TV. Once we get there, I will I will behave myself. And Lou can be professional when she needs to be. But when I'm when I'm just at home with family and on the on the uh, radio with family, I'm just, I'm just going to act like family. You know what I mean? But uh, when we get before the millions of people, I'll know how to be professional. And I know you will. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 two birthdays. Uh, but on the, uh, hold on, make sure I got the right date. Uh, birthday, we got our, mine on the 27th, because we're coming back on the 28th. On the 27th, we have your cousin, my niece, Michelle. She will be 57. That's D'Angelo's uh, daughter, uh, my older brother. Hey, Michelle. Then on the, on April, on that same day, is going to be April's 33rd birthday. That's Lena, my sister's daughter's birthday. Still your cousin, TJ. So I just want to say happy birthday, April. Happy birthday, Michelle. I love you guys, and I will be posting. And that's it. Okay. 